Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Pre record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Happy Monday, if there is such a thing. Bob Getty, Kelly Sander, and the Esquire here from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Rainy, dreary, uh, a typical Monday, Kelly Sander. Monday, Monday. Who's, was that the Mamas and Papas? Monday, that? Monday, the Mamas and the Pompas. Yeah. Michelle Phillips. Back in the Mama si- Cass. 67, yeah, probably, yeah. 1967. Look, Esquire looks confused. You're starting to talk <laughs> about stuff that confuses him. <laughs> right. Let's start talking about his grandparents when the year that 1967 comes up. But, you know, I guess that's the way it is. Opening segment sponsored as it is every day by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Proud supporters of the Eagle Hour and Southern Miss Athletics. You can enjoy their delicious food. We talk about it all the time, but it's true. It's just always good. It's always fresh. It's always hot. And uh, it's always uh, convenient. And, of course, you can also uh, – they'll cater any event for sure you, they large or small. Yeah. And, uh, we're glad to have them as part of the show, you know, here on the on the Eagle Hour. To come today, we're going to be talking with Joy Lee McNellis, women's basketball coach at Southern Miss, one of her players projected preseason uh, all-conference. The Lady Eagles projected to finish sixth in the league this year. And then, as always, Lee Roberts, the color commentator on the Southern Miss Network, will be joining us to give us his um, review of the game on Saturday. He'll be coming up a little bit later on in the show. Bob, i got to tell you, this weekend – Obviously, Southern Miss getting beaten by Louisiana Tech. What was a forty-five to thirty was the right. final score. Right. Extremely disappointing. Very disappointing. I don't think there's anybody that would would say otherwise. Uh, particularly when Southern Miss jumped out to a fourteen to nothing lead and looked like it was going to be on cruise control and looked like they were going to beat La Tech for the fifth straight time. Right. But a tale of two cities. The second half was completely different than the first. But the firestorm on social media this weekend, generally speaking, a lot of Southern Miss, um, I don't even know if I want to use the word fans, but, but people who um, have whatever varied degrees of interest in the Southern Miss football program, hammering, I mean, unmerciful <clears throat> on Jay Hobson this weekend over the Louisiana Tech game. Comments like, well... As long as Hobson's coach, they'll never win the Conference USA West. You know, Hobson's never going never gonna to get the Eagles to the, the promised land. They can't win in a, in a crummy league as opposed to – look, I understand the disappointment that's out there. I, I, understand, I, was, I was devastated too because they would have been in the driver's seat in Conference USA West. A couple things to keep in mind. All right, La Tech still has to play UAB and North Texas. Southern Miss already has North Texas out of the way. They already have Louisiana Tech out of the way. Now, in order for Southern Miss to win its side of the division, they would have to get Louisiana Tech to lose two games somewhere along the way, and that's provided that Southern Miss holds serve. But when you look at the overall health of the football program, and if you ask the question, and I know this is arguable, the answer will be arguable, 
But if you ask the question, is the Southern Miss football team better today than it was a year ago from today, I have to say, and I'm not the paid public relations department for the university, but I would have to say, my opinion, I'm owning it, that the football team is better today than it was a year ago. There would be those that would argue that. I get it. But it's one game. It's the only time that a Jay Hobson coached Eagle team has lost to Louisiana Tech. They made a big deal out of that on the broadcast on the NFL Network that no member of the Louisiana Tech team had ever beaten Southern Miss. All right. It's one game. I know the disappointment. Really, next year is the year that everybody was even looking at Southern Miss being as strong as they've been in the past 10 years. Next year. Not this year. It was shaping up to be a terrific year. All right. They can still get bowl eligible. And with a break or two, they could win their side of Conference USA. But for Hobson, and and Jay Hobson, again, is not a a baby kisser. He's not a handshaker. You know, he's, he's just not very gregarious. And I think if he cared, you know, sometimes he might try to get out of the office a little bit more, you know, and be more involved in the community like... Like a Jay Ladner, for example. Right. Um, but you can't ask anybody to be something that they're not. Right. But for him to face the type of firestorm that he has faced right. this weekend, I just don't think is justified. All right. The Golden Eagles route scored 45-16 to 16 after getting a 14-point lead. The Golden Eagles are once again mired in the middle of the Western Division of Conference USA. Very unlikely now that they'll win Conference USA. It's the same team that got beat by Charlotte last year, uh, finished middle of the pack, failed to make a bowl game. I can understand where the frustration is coming from. I share it to a large degree. I am exhausted with watching a once really proud football program uh, mired in mediocrity in Conference USA. So I understand their feelings. I think there was an there was something illustrated in the game Saturday too that I think is is symptomatic of of what's happened to the football program. There were kids making plays all over the field from Louisiana Tech, from Mississippi, from Meridian, from Gulfport, from all from from right here, right here in this area. I think fans find that just. Disturbing. I mean, I think fans look at that and go, "How? How is that? I mean, how is that that you know kids from Purvis and Meridian are beating us on the football field in Louisiana?" So I think it's an accumulation of of um, of a lot of things. And uh, I, I I read some of what you're talking about. I I agree. The frustration level is is just to a boiling point. And and I hear you. I hear you defending Jay Hobson, but ultimately the head coach has to be the guy responsible. And to his credit, he said this one was on me. He said I, I take responsibility. And I know, I know, people are going to say, well, that's a cop out to say it's on me. But the season isn't over yet. All right, should should we not wait? I mean, even even a trial in a court of law doesn't go to the jury until all the facts are in. To be fair, shouldn't we wait until the Season is completely over 
to to make a judgment well, on Jay Hobson's tenure. You're old enough to have this perspective. I, I think there are a lot of Southern Miss people now that are just not old enough to have a perspective of where the football program once was. But as a guy that does have that perspective, I'm sure you must feel the same, just almost unbearable frustration when you think about where the program was and where the program is now. But the whole landscape has changed. I get it. You know, we, we, that doesn't take away the frustration. No, no, I, I, I do understand. So I think but it's Kelly, one what, game. But I think this is what people think. I get the landscape has changed. I understand we're not going to ever be a top 25 program again. I get that. But, my God, can we not win the Western Division of Conference USA? I mean, I think that's – I think that's – I think that's the genesis of the frustration you're describing. I get we're not going to be where we were. I get everything has changed, but my heavens, can we not even win the division of Conference USA? I understand the question, but here's partially my answer. All eyes were on next season. All right, when a lot of these guys would have matured, you know, we're still young in some positions, particularly the offensive line and so on. Everybody was kind of pointing toward next year. Well, we had some early see the Eagles had some early part of early success this year, which kind of got people with a pre- preemptive strike. Hey, maybe maybe this team is better than we thought they were. Maybe they're going to grow up a little bit sooner. It they haven't lost Conference USA West yet. All right, now La Tech is definitely in the driver's seat, but remember, La Tech still has to play North Texas. They still have to play UAB. The loss on Saturday now, if Southern Miss is to win the West, they are now in a must win situation against UAB. They cannot afford to stub their toe. And they've got two Eastern Division foes in Western Kentucky and Florida Atlantic toward the end of the year. They will need some help to win com- the Conference USA Western Division. La Tech had, but remember, La Tech had to take Rice. To overtime the week before. You saw the La Tech team of the first half this, this week against Southern Miss. Then you saw the La Tech of the second half. Which La Tech team is going to show up? Mm. You know, so they have, the Eagles have not lost Conference USA West yet. I agree with your assertion. It's unlikely now. But it still could happen. I'm just saying, let's wait till all the facts are in, like a court of law. Let's wait for the season to play itself out. Then we can guilty or not guilty on Jay Hobson. Devil's advocate. Sure. So you score 14 unanswered points, and then you get outscored 45-16 to 16 by a team that you just said had to go to overtime to beat Rice. Is the program really better? I think so. From a year ago today, I think so. But again, I, I know it's arguable. But I think overall, depth-wise and everything else, the program is better off today than it was a year ago today. All right. Well... Opinions are just that, and that's the fun of being a fan. We're going to talk about other things that happened in Conference USA. We'll talk a little later about the game more, and hopefully we'll get in touch with Joy Lee McNellis next.
Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. I want to thank Campus Bookmart for sponsoring the second segment of the Eagle Hour every day. Great selection of Southern Miss apparel for every sport, for every member of your family. And with Christmas just around the corner, I saw Esquire right over there jotting down Christmas list. Had mine and your name at the top. He could just go to Campus Bookmart. Campusbookmark.net. Well, he could, but I think he's playing, uh, what's the war game over that all the kids what play? That? What? What's what, that? what are you doing over there, Dalton? I was looking at Conference USA scores that I had to give them oh, to okay. you. Was all that, right. that warfare, the, what is that game that all the kids World play? World of Warcraft? No, the other one. The other one. Yeah, well, I don't know. One Kelly, you don't even know how to use your iPhone fully. Why are you asking me about video games? Right, we're going to talk football a little later in the show, but right now we want to switch gears a little bit and talk to our very favorite uh very favorite guest on the Eagle Hour, Joy Lee McNellis is the basketball coach, the one and only basketball coach for Southern Miss women's basketball. And, Coach, it's good to hear you again. How are you? Glad to be on. I am doing well. Now, y'all don't give poor old Kelly such a hard time about not being able to work his iPhone. I'm feeling sorry for him. <laughs> well, there's no no inappropriate stuff on, on on my flip phone. That all this stuff that seems to go on in these iPhones, you know. Right. And right. The, Kelly's a flip phone a flip phone man kind of guy. Is, yeah. There's nothing we can do we, about it. Well, you know what, Kelly. You can be on NCIS then. That's right. The government's not going to know where I'm. Not that I'm doing anything. That I do nothing. As a matter of fact. Right. But Joy Lee, your congratulations on preseason projections to projected to finish in the upper half of uh, Conference USA. You've got a player projected to All Conference uh, heading into the year. It it seems earlier and earlier, even though we are nearly the end of October. But um, give us the state of the state of the Lady Eagle basketball program now as we head into another year. Well, we were supposed to be at Conference USA Media Day today, and we were not able to get there due to weather uh, that went through Dallas. We were supposed to fly out this morning and uh, was not able to get there due to weather. And so I'm able to be on the air with you all. Good. I'm excited about being with you guys. Appreciate you all having me on. And the state of where we are, uh well, we've had a few back injuries, should I say. Uh, we've got had, we've had two MRIs now. Uh, we've got Camille Anderson that returns with a bulging disc and has been out. Has only practiced a couple of days with us. Deja Almond that I would project to have been our starting point guard and move Shante Hills over to the two guard uh, has not practiced, but four days with us due to a hip injury that she's been battling uh, all actually through the summer and it's they think it's because of her gait from her knee surgery that she had prior to getting here and just kind of weathered the storm last year. So we're trying to control the inflammation there, figure out what we're going to do with her, but hopefully we'll be able to get her back, get her inflammation under control but other than that you know what we've been getting after it uh our practices have been uh we've worked really hard i will be honest with you they've been very inconsistent offensively defensively we've worked looked pretty well um however yesterday and on saturday is the best we've looked offensively as a unit you know, we began to click and kind of be on the same page, not as many turnovers. Um, so that was a positive. I think when we look at it, you know, we, yes, we returned five seniors, 
But other than Shantae Held, Allery Mays, and Amber Landing, everybody else's roles changed. Um, and so has Amber Landings and Allery Mays. They've got to step up their game. They've got to provide us some offensive punch. So now the pressure's a little bit, bit greater on those seniors. Well, you know, it's, you know it's, it's kind of funny you mentioned Amber Landing being a senior. I've always thought that that name kind of sounds like a, a uh, assisted living facility, doesn't it? Welcome to, <laughs> welcome to Amber Landing. <laughs> and, uh, and doesn't it, though? You know? And now, see, all, all of us old people are the ones that are laughing here. Uh, but when the projections came out, Coach McNellis, were you, is that about where you thought the women would finish in the preseason polls? Well, I, I really... I voted a six, to be honest with you. Yeah. That's where I voted it. Um, so eight is fine. The last time we were eight, we played the conference championship. So I'm okay with it. Oh. Um, I think that the biggest challenge, and I have really been hard on our five seniors, you know, I've told them, yes, they've been a part of the program for a while. But the bottom line is, it's like when you're an assistant coach, you become a head coach. Are you... Uh, in a company, and now you become the CEO. It is time to lace up your bootstraps and take care of your responsibility and be held accountable for that. And so the interesting thing is going to be, how are they going to be able to handle the pressure when the striped shirts come on? Because you know what? Amber Landing can't average five rebounds a game for us. No, she has to average eight if we're going to win. And we have put the heat on her. She can't shoot 45% from the floor at 6'3". She's got to be able to shoot 50% from the floor, and that's the bottom line. And I've told all five seniors, if we don't win, guess what? You have to feel the pressure. And, Joy, I wanted to ask you, too, your, your son now, uh, Connor, has gotten into coaching over at uh, Nickel State. That's got to kind of be a kick, huh? Oh, it's, it's been really a lot of fun. And now that he's on the road recruiting and coaching, uh, it was really funny. A couple of weeks ago, he rode with me and my assistant coach, Patosha Jeffrey, to Albany, Georgia, to a junior college event. Uh, that was going on, and we had a recruit on the phone and had her on speakerphone, and, of course, she didn't know that he was in the car with us. And uh, we were talking, and she was saying, you know, you all are my top choice, blah, 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 blah. And he was sitting in the back seat, and he was shaking his head while I was driving. I could see him in the rearview mirror. So when he hung up, he says, no, Mom, she's just telling you that. You are not her top choice because the war is on. So, so are you recruiting against him? There was a couple of kids, yeah. And what? so another really funny thing, we had an unofficial visit day for homecoming. And so one of the kids from Louisiana, they're recruiting. I told her, I said, hey, take a picture and send this to my son. And uh, because the dad had told me, he said, Coach, I was really confused. I want to show you this text. So he showed me this text he had gotten from Connor, and it said, from Coach McNellis, Nickel State. He said, Coach, when we first got this, I was like, holy crap, Coach McNellis left Southern Miss to go to Nickel State. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he said, I was all confused. So he showed me that, and that's what brought it all up. So I asked this kid, I said, hey, take a picture of me and you. We'll take a, a, a selfie, send it to Connor. So we sent it to football games. He took the selfie, sent it to Connor. He said, stay away from my mother. 
Remember, she was very mean to me. She whipped me a lot. She's a tough coach. Well, I was, I was, I was going <laughs> to say it. We've had fun. If you had to recruit against him, I'm sure what you say is you don't want to play for that kid. I'm his mom, and he's probably not even wearing a clean pair of underwear right now. That's right. And his socks probably have holes in it. <laughs> All right, Coach. Uh, we're just a couple of weeks away, actually, from the start, November 2nd. Uh, you guys are going to play an exhibition game, then you come back on the 5th with your uh, annual deal with William Carey, and then on November the 9th, which is, well, less than a month away, you you jump right in the frying pan when you go up to Mississippi State, don't you? We do, we do. We play William Carey here. It's the 11 o'clock game, Education Day. We're hoping to have a lot of schools participate, be a part of it. We've been reaching out to schools actually since, the administrators and everyone was back in July to be a part of that day. And then, yes, we jumped right into the frying pan, playing Mississippi State. We've already actually started watching them when they went and played. This summer they played in Japan. They played against China. Uh, and they're good. They're really good. They're younger because they lost a whole lot last year. Uh, but they're good. They, they have signed many, many All-Americans. And so it's going to be really fun just to jump back in, like you said, to that frying pan and flop right. around there a little bit. And, you know, people have said, why do you play them? That is the craziest thing I've ever heard. Are they paying you big money? No, they come to Hattiesburg. Mm-hmm. I said, you never know. That's why you tip it off. Right. I said, do you think I'm going in with a game plan to get beat? Heck no. No. That's why you play. You well, never know. Well, and just about. a great opportunity. Yeah, we've got about a minute left, but you got a tremendous preseason schedule. State, Southeastern, Louisiana, Ole Miss, Mississippi Valley, VCU, Tulane, South Alabama, and Houston. So that uh, – that ought to get you fired up, ready to go for conference play, right? Well, I kind of feel sorry for the Mississippi State's going to lose their opportunity to win a national championship so early in the year. Yeah, it could when the Lady Eagles go up there and put it on them, <laughs> right? You know. Right, right. And then we have Ole Miss here in right. the greenhouse on We've November nineteenth. Record, right? We've got to break the record. It's five thousand four hundred and eighty, and we must break that record here in the greenhouse when the Lady Rebels come to Hattiesburg. Right. And you like this kind of tough pre-conference schedule, am I correct? Oh, indeed, because, you know, Houston goes to the NIT, VCU went to the NIT, South Alabama went to the NIT, advanced, all those teams advanced the NIT, of course, Mississippi State, national championship. Miss went to the NIT, you know, so we're playing a really, two-line NIT, you know, so we're playing a really good non-conference schedule. And I'm going to tell you, Conference USA is truly the toughest it's ever been ever been from top to bottom. So we got to be ready for it. Because right, you well, know what? At the end of the day, the only thing that counts in Conference USA is when that tournament rolls, you got to win the championship to get in the day. That's, right. that's what we're preparing for. All right, Coach, we're going to get you back real soon as we get a little closer to basketball. We appreciate you coming on today. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. All right, See Coach. You, Coach. Hey, and y'all get uh, Kelly a phone, please. We'll, we'll work on it, Coach. <laughs> Coach Joy Lee McNellis, everybody, the one and only, and uh, someone that's always welcomed on this show. All right, Lee Roberts next. Going to take a look back at that uh, disappointing game Saturday at Louisiana Tech. Stay with us. Southern Miss 
to the top. Hey, I want to thank Joel Lee McNellis for joining us uh, in that segment of the Eagle Hour. Always good to talk to uh, Coach McNellis. Always uh, bubbly and exciting and uh, always welcomed on the show. This segment sponsored by our good friends at 4th Street Bar and Grill. Great place to enjoy lunch five days a week. Dinner six days a week. Great place to tailgate before and after sporting events. Uh, and as Kelly said, a lot of people there Saturday night have a good time. Yeah, a couple of TVs got broken, I understand, uh, yeah. when people threw their beer bottles at the screen in, <laughs> in the second half. But, you know, that's the risk you take there when, you, you when you're when you an official, you know, one of the places where you go watch games. Well, we want to thank them for their sponsorship of the uh, program and all they do for Southern Miss Athletics. Lee Roberts joins us every Monday afternoon to recap the action from the previous weekend. Lee, of course, former great quarterback for the Golden Eagles and now the color commentator on the radio network. And, Lee, it started out good, 14 to nothing, but then the Golden Eagles are outscored 45 to 16 from that point forward. And uh, fair to say, a, a disappointing afternoon for Golden Eagle football. You know, it was. It was It was just one of those afternoons where things are going right early and then nothing goes right late in the ball game. And it really seemed like one of the bigger turning points, obviously, is when DeMichael Harris gets knocked out of the game. You know, he's kind of been our go-to back ever since Travinsky Mosley got hurt first game of the year. And, you know, unfortunately it was, you know, he's, he's that guy that, kind of gave us a spark in the backfield, whether it was running the football or catching the football out of the backfield and really couldn't get a whole lot going once he left the game. And um, it, it was, it was, it was a game that started fast and you're sitting there looking and thinking, Hey, this is about to get fun for Golden Eagle fans, but it turned really quickly. And unfortunately couldn't come away with a win there. So Lee, we hear a lot about adjusting and we hear a lot about halftime adjustments that coaching staffs make. What adjustments did you see, do you think, that Louisiana Tech was able to make uh, in the second half that gave them such dominance in the second half of the ballgame? You know, what I saw defensively for Louisiana Tech, obviously they, they knew our running game was struggling. You know, we like I said, when, once DeMichael Harris left the game, Kevin Perkins was our go-to guy. He left the game several times with Cramp, Steven Anderson, the next guy was not 100%, and then Darius Mayberry ended up having to get some carries as well and, um, you know, just couldn't get that running game going. So I think once that played a part, because they really only rushed three guys at a time most of the time, so they didn't respect our running game at all, and they're able to drop eight guys into coverage and really couldn't get anything going down the field. Um, they left some underneath stuff, but they, they were pretty quick as well. Once we completed that pass, they were able to, you know, get, get to our ball carrier and, and make the tackle without a big game. But defensively, again, Amik Robertson for them, a, he's a stud of a player, three picks against us. And, you know, the one that was in the end zone where we had a chance to take the lead if we score. Instead, we throw a pick in the end zone and they get the ball and, you know, going down and scoring as well. So just, I think defensively they just played better than we did offensively. And then on the our defensive side of the ball, I don't think we played bad. I think Jamar Smith got outside the pocket and made some things happen, which we knew he could and he would. He's a big-time player. But I think one of the biggest ones was when he escaped the pocket and you know threw the long pass. We actually had him wrapped up in the backfield. I think Demario Smith went for the sack, and he literally ducked underneath Demario Smith and got outside the pocket and throws up a huge ball that goes down, you know, inside the five. And 
you know, they end up scoring from there. So just some, some things they did that went their way. And then, like I said, we were close at times, but just couldn't, couldn't quite come up with it. You know, Leah, one thing that really struck me, too, and I mentioned this to Kelly at the start of the show, I've been a longtime follower of Southern Miss football. I'll go back, just, I'll go back to the era that you played. We just had so many really great, talented athletes from Mississippi and the Florida Panhandle and, and all of this area. And I'm struck by the fact, Saturday, of how many Mississippi kids were on the field for Louisiana Tech and, and playing very, very well for Louisiana Tech. I thought it was very symbolic of the changed landscape that we're faced with now. Am, am I am I correct about that? You know, I think that, you know, Coach Hobson likes to get local talent, but obviously, you know, he goes where he feels like we can get the players that fit our system and and I think it's just gonna it's gonna be that way. I mean, again, look at you know, both Jack Abraham and J. Mar Smith, both from Mississippi, go to Louisiana Tech and we end up mm-hmm. getting Jack Abraham after you know, transferring out, but, you know, I think it, it just happens that way. I mean, obviously there's other programs that have, have come up, you know, the Troys of the world and South Alabama's and obviously UAB playing well, um, you know, different landscape has changed within the conference. And I think all that does play a part in recruiting, but I feel like again, coach hops trying to build it the right way, but you're right. He does, he does like getting the local talent, but mm-hmm. times there, there are, Times the kids do leave the state. Lee, forget about just forget about play. All right, I just want I just at the overall roster. You got to see both teams offensively and defensively, athletically. Was Southern who who was the better team? Just the better team? Do you think? Forget about how the game was played, athlete wise, top to bottom on the roster. Do you think that Louisiana Tech was better than Southern Miss? Saturday, yes. I don't. I think we win that game eight out of ten times. To be honest with you, I think going in, I felt like we were, you know, a two point. I mean, a two touchdown advantage better of what I knew of our team and their team. Again, coming off of the North Texas team, right? Um, the North Texas game, and we played very well. And if we played that game at Louisiana Tech again, we do. We win by two touchdowns. Um, but again, going in, and that's and that's the difference between a home game and a away game a lot of times is, you know, the enthusiasm that you have. You've got your crowd and things happening there in Louisiana Tech when it doesn't go our way. And, um, again, unfortunately, we, we didn't play well, and they just played better. Yeah, and I'm not – and I don't expect you at all to make a comment on the, on the following you know, statement, but the firestorm, the people on social media this weekend – hammering Jay Hobson, hammering Jack Abraham, all these – it's one game. All right, now, yes, it, again, makes the UAB game now paramount for the Eagles to win if they're, if they're going to win the Conference USA Western Division. But remember that La Tech still has to play North Texas and still has to play UAB. And everything would have to, to fall just right. But it's not quite over yet. Okay, now I'm no, going to move on to my next question, okay? Okay. <laughs> you, you were in a situation you, – you said just a moment ago that when the Eagles couldn't run the ball – Louisiana Tech knew that, that Jack Abraham was going to have to pass it. You've obviously played the, the position at a high level that Jack Abraham plays. How, do, how does that affect you as a quarterback, knowing that the other team knows you're going to pass the ball? You know, it, it makes it very difficult. And, and Jack is a, is a guy that, you know, as we've seen, makes the throws when he needs to. But I felt like Saturday, because of no running game, knowing what was going on, I felt like he tried to force it a few times and, you know, and, and therefore a few picks. And, I mean, it's going to happen. I mean, there's great quarterbacks that throw for 
interceptions in a game, and unfortunately it was Saturday for, for Jack. Is he a bad player? Heck no, he's not a bad player. I mean, he's led our team to some, some great things and will continue. But you're right now, it's not about what we can do or what we have to do. Now we do have to rely on North Texas UAB to take care of trying to beat Louisiana Tech. And, you know, obviously our ultimate goal is to host the conference championship. Second would be to play in the conference championship. Third would be to, you know, make it to a bowl. And so we need we need things to happen to be able to get all three goals. No, I, I get it. And and, and the, thing, the thing about the bowl is bowls are important, but I think that's kind of stale and old. I think people have kind of been the bowl route. You know, I think people are kind of and, – and I think that's partly – part what the impetus is for all these comments undeserved as I think they were that a lot of people want the conference championship not not just a bowl game but um but looking ahead you know you got you got Rice now you got UAB that's and there'll be a week off in between there that the Eagles will have to go but back on Jake Jack Abraham I learned a lot about Jack Abraham when he tweeted this weekend um, he admitted that he just didn't play well. And he said, but look, I'm going to get back on the horse on Monday. I'm going to try to get better. This team is going to try to get better. It's easy for anybody to win. You find the true character of an athlete and or a coach when they lose and lose the way they did Saturday, yes? Right. And I, and I think Jack wanted that game you know, pretty bad for obvious, obvious reasons. And, and maybe his emotions kind of took over a little bit. But, but you're right. Jack's a, a young man of high character and and he is. He's going to take the blame. And, you know, Coach Hobson will take the blame. That's just the way it is. And, you know, they're going to get the criticism. But Jack will overcome, and this team will overcome as well. And I didn't see Jack's tweets. That's uh, pretty, you know, impressive that he does put that out there on social media saying that he's taking the blame. He didn't play very well that week. And, like I said, he's going to go back to work. And hopefully Southern Miss will get back on the right track with Rice this week. Well, Lee, you join us every Monday, whether the news is good or bad, and we have a lot of respect for that, and uh, we appreciate uh, very much the input that you share with us every week. I appreciate you guys, and hopefully this week we'll get us a win, get back on, get back on track. And there wasn't any social media when Lee Roberts played, but even if there was, he would have never had to tweet out anything because well, he, he didn't nev- do nothing but win conference championships. He, would, he never had a bad game. <laughs> never, no, ever. come on. Come on now. It, it happens. It the, the, happens. The, the biggest winner, the, the, the biggest, when I knew he was a winner is when he married his wife. There you Tracy. go. There you, there you, go. go. Right? you can't argue with that, can you, Lee? All right, thanks, exactly, buddy. Man. We appreciate you, hey, man, very much. Hey, appreciate y'all as well. Lee Roberts, everybody, one of the truly great quarterbacks in Southern Miss history. We'll be back. Thank Lee Roberts for joining us as he does every Monday afternoon. I always enjoy his insight into the previous weekend's football action. This segment is sponsored by Gulfport Home Center down on the Mississippi Gulf Coast. Great place for you if you're in the market for a new home, you're in the market for a hunting camp, a weekend retreat on the lake, or a primary residence. 
They've got something for you to choose from. They'll help you with the financing. They'll help you with the location and setup. And uh, they have homes to fit every budget and every need at Gulfport Home Center. All right, Kelly Center, around the league this weekend. Let's see what happened. Marshall upset. I think it's a little bit of an upset. Over Florida Atlantic, 36-31. And, of course, Lane Kiffin now in trouble because he had tweeted out Saturday pictures of referees with blindfolds and what do you the sticks that mm-hmm. vision mm-hmm. impaired people. The walking people, canes. The yeah. walking canes, yeah. So he's been fined by Conference USA. North Texas beat Middle Tennessee 33-30. UAB continues to roll. They beat Old Dominion 38-14. Western Kentucky beat uh, Charlotte 30-14. Texas San Antonio 31 to 27 over Rice, which is USM's next opponent, and of course 45-30 Louisiana Tech over Southern Miss. So the way it shapes up, Kelly Santer, uh, no other way to put it, Louisiana Tech in the driver's seat to win the Western Division. Yeah, but you know a team that's quietly going about their business that nobody's talking about are the Blazers. Right. <laughs> Beware of the Blazers. Yes, and and we've talked about how in the years past, of course, it had been four in a row that Southern had beaten Louisiana Tech. It's interesting how both of those streaks stopped. Mm-hmm. North Texas had beaten Southern Miss, I think, three or four times in a row. Then Southern Miss stopped that streak. The Eagles had beaten La Tech four times in a row. Now Tech stopped that streak. Let's hope that uh, UAB seemingly having Southern Miss's number will stop, but not until a victory over Rice is garnered uh, this weekend. And the Roadrunners, good for them. San Antonio right. gets gets a conference win. Keep in mind that still on the slate for Southern Miss is uh, obviously UAB, Western Kentucky, and Florida Atlantic. But two of those three are at uh, M.M. Roberts. So right. that, that'll help, you would you would think. So the next big test is you can't overlook Rice. Rice, is, Rice hasn't won a game, but Rice is losing close games. And, you know, those are dangerous teams. No, two weeks ago they lost to La Tech in overtime. They lost yeah. to Middle Tennessee by three points this past weekend. So, uh, yeah, Rice is, Rice is improving. And you sure hope that, that Southern Miss is not the one that they come up with uh, with their first one. Right. But I, th- I think the Eagles will, will bounce back. Uh, but but if, if if there is no running game, it certainly you know would stand to reason. And look, I'm no X and O guy, and I've never coached a football game in my life, but it would just logic would dictate it'd be easier for a team to defend you if they know all you can do is pass. Right now the UAB game looks formidable, doesn't it? Oh, well, hey, but, but they wouldn't have it any other way. The Eagles wouldn't right. have it any other way. All right, switching gears to the National Football League. Do we have to? Yeah, I guess for just a moment. <laughs> I, you know, I'm obviously my allegiances are, are pretty well known. Not that they matter, but uh, I have a lot of friends, both in the Delta and here, who are Saints fans, and I am beginning to think this is this could be a really special year for the Houdat Nation. I am not. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not right very often, but I think on this show, the day that Drew Brees went down, I said I personally didn't think that the Saints gave up a whole lot. Now that's not to underestimate Drew Brees's talent, but I'm just saying the team, the team is so good that they can win without Drew Brees, and Teddy Bridgewater is proving it. The Saints went to Chicago yesterday, and I mean walloped the Bears. The Bears? Yeah. The defense, the Bears. And Chuck Abadie sat right in your chair on Friday and picked the Bears. Michael picked the Bears. And I had to pick the Bears. Well, I mean, you had to to believe that the Bears would win, especially when – the Saints were without their best quarterback and their best running back. And they they were, did that with both of those guys on the bench. And they're getting four, and they were getting four points. And I know? think they're I think they're starting tailbacks maybe this as good as there is in the league. 
But apparently they have a lot of depth because but, but the see, kid that played tailback yesterday yeah, ran for over 100 yards. Yeah, because Alvin Kamara didn't didn't play Correct. yesterday. Kamara didn't even see the field. Yeah, so now and and here's another quiet team in the NFL that's going going about their business is the San Francisco 49ers. They beat your Redskins yesterday, mm-hmm. which you, me, and Dalton would probably be a three point pick over the Redskins Correct. at this point. Correct. But I don't think they're the team that New Orleans is. You don't think so? No, I don't think so. San Francisco's unbeaten, though. If the season were to end today, San Francisco would be the number one seed. But I just think on a dry field on a given day, New Orleans is going to be a very difficult team to eliminate. Definitely. Let's hope that's that, that that is the case. And normally, I don't ever get to cheer for a Super Bowl team because I normally don't like both teams that are in it. That's me. But but if New England is in it this year and New Orleans is in it, boy, do I get to cheer that would full be a bore game for the Saints. Would you suspect New England would not be in it? Who, no. Who in the AFC is going to go to New England in January and beat them? Nobody. Nobody. And they won't next year, and they won't next year. No, they, won't. they won't next year. <laughs> it's always in the NFC. You but, and I continue to suffer. The Redskins lose 9 to nothing, uh, which is pretty respectable, but it, in, in all honesty, would have probably been a lot worse, but the weather was atrocious. The weather was really, really bad. And, and there are no words in the English language that are written in the Webster's Dictionary that, that describe how bad Cincinnati is. They're pretty bad, Kevin. Oh, they are just atrocious, embarrassing uh, they, they got uh, problems. Fair to say they're the worst team in the league. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, yeah. The, and they're going to get to play the Dolphins later on this year. So, uh, boy, that'll <laughs> that'll set viewing records, won't it? When the Bengals play the Dolphins. But I got to tell you, I have so many friends that are New Orleans fans, and I know for so long. They, they really had one really great year in, in all their years, but this could be it for them. This could be a magical year. Chase Blankenship just texted me, and he says, you don't get to cheer for any teams in the Super Bowl because you're a Bengals fan. Ooh. Alluding to the fact that the yes. Bengals never get there. Well, let me tell you something, Chase Blankenship. Uh, there but, will be a day. Uh, but probably not in Kelly's lifetime. <laughs> we'll be back tomorrow at 1 o'clock. Until then, Southern Miss. To, to the, the top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.